Hello guys and thank you so much for clicking on the Sunfire Chronicles podcast. I would love it before we get into this episode if you would go and leave me a comment, leave me five stars, share with your friends, like come on join the party we're fun over here um and i just thank you so much for choosing to listen to this and so now let's get into the episode hello and thank you so much for listening to the sunflower chronicles podcast all things stated here are 100 my personal opinions so i hope that you enjoy the show so sit back turn it up and stay sunny what is up everyone Your girl is back. Yes, I am back for an episode. I feel like I have just started every episode this season when I'm back. And I, I'm just so sorry. I want to be, like the thing is, is I have the want, the drive, like the need to be more consistent with podcasting, but like. My brain, I was about to say your brain, (laughs) not you, me, my brain, um, she just be doing her own thing sometimes. And then when my brain does something different and my body does something different, also at the same time, it's like, okay, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. Um, so we love that for me. Um, but yes, it is your girl Brie and I'm just a black 20 something girl trying to make it in this crazy, crazy world with a little bit of sunshine and laughter to help along the way. And this is the Sunflower Chronicles podcast. That was a very long intro, but hi guys, I'm back. So, um, this episode is just going to be another catch up, um, and things. I did have some things I want to talk about depending on where we're going what we're going, what we're doing, um, yes, we'll, we'll get into that, um, but yeah, let's, let's get started, so, okay, for the catch-up, where have I been, well, I was sick, so, as you guys know, like, if you've listened, like, a few episodes back, I talk about being sick, and, like, around November, I was sick. I wasn't feeling well. Um, and it was also like the same day, like my dog had to go to the doctor too. So like she wasn't feeling well. And then thus that triggered me not to feel well. So while she was at the vet, I had to go to the doctor because I was like, this is not working. And I ended up getting a referral to a GI doctor. And, um, I have said this so many times, but I'm just gonna say it again. The U S healthcare system sucks bitty cheeks on bitty cheeks on bitty cheeks it sucks um so yeah that (laughs) that's fun um but essentially I got referred to go see a GI doctor which is a gastrointestinal doctor and I they were like hey girl you need to get an endoscopy so I got scheduled for an endoscopy in February that endoscopy got canceled because of my weight because my BMI was different at one doctor's office and the BMI at the surgery center was not correct. And it was a whole fiasco. And so fun fact, I already recorded (laughs) this story for the podcast. It was an hour long, just me telling this story with a whole bunch of ADHD breaks. So yes, I would love (laughs) to go to have that for you, but I deleted it because I was just like, this is too much. This is too much for me to sit down and edit. 
Um, and I try to like keep everything in one take, keep the takes in and out. Um, but that one I was going to have to just cut out so many sighs and dissociation moments and try to like mentally reboot so many times in that story. Um, but yeah, so I, they were like, oh, your BMI is different. Okay. How is my BMI different? I had not gained or lost anything. So it was different. And the, the anesthesiologist, like the head doctor of anesthesia was like, yeah, I don't feel comfortable operating on you. I do very well under anesthesia. I'm very thankful. I have like a normal, like, you know, super emotional, like reaction. Um, to coming out of, excuse me, hope I didn't make you yawn. Um, uh, but I have a very, you know, normal reaction coming out of anesthesia. And he was like, and the only other thing I mentioned is I was like, oh yeah, I also have asthma. So just, you know, be on the lookout for that. I normally do fine with it. My asthma has never been a problem for all the times I've had surgery or had to go under anesthesia or anything like that. So yeah, all of a sudden he was like, oh, we, we're going to stop it. And he literally came in and stopped it right before they put the IV in my hand. Like the lady had um, content warning, trigger warning for needles, like other health talk. Um, sorry. And I'll put that in the metadata so you guys know. Um, but she literally had unsheathed the needle, like taken the, the cover off and was, I like felt the tip of the needle, like against my hand. And he was like, no, I'm going to cancel the surgery. So he literally canceled the surgery, right? I was, I was about to like get prepped and go back and get ready for it. And, um, my mom, talked to the doctor like the actual doctor that was going to perform the surgery and I don't know what she said but he looked like he had been defeated like <laughs> like my mother stepped on his on his little feelings um yeah so that was fun and then I got referred I my mom was like you need to find another doctor because that is simply unacceptable if they knew about your BMI they could have chose to have it at a hospital they could have called you and said it you know all this other stuff. She was like, there were too many like steps before that they could have taken. Um, if they thought the procedure was going to be a risk. Um, yeah. And then, so my mom's like, you need to find another doctor. I find another doctor. Great. I like them. Um, you know, they seem pretty decent for like a GI. Like also I've only had one other GI experience and that was the doctor I saw before them. So I was like, okay, let's try this one try this one, get a date set for an endoscopy and a colonoscopy. I'm glad that I was able to get it done at the same time this time. So I wouldn't have to like go back to get another one. And they cancel on me the day before. So if you guys are not aware of what goes into a colonoscopy prep, you have to take, um, you have to drink magnesium citrate and it makes you like cleanse. It's a pre-cleanse to the cleanse that you have to take like a few hours before your colonoscopy like the night before so I already taken the magnesium citrate worst experience of my life zero like negative a million out of 10 would never ever ever recommend and the lady calls me and she was like hello yeah um your doctor had in a, a family emergency so he would he's not able to come can we reschedule for the following week on that Friday I was like 
yeah, sure, whatever. I was crying because I was so mad. So before, in between my first colonoscopy in February and my my first reschedule that I was supposed to have at the, in like in the middle of March, the week before my colonoscopy was scheduled. Like, so the full week. So it was, this happened on a Sunday night. I still had to go through another Sunday before my first scheduled colonoscopy. I'm drawing you like a mental map. Um, and I get sick for the first time in my life. This is also a, com- a content warning, trigger warning for throwing up, vomiting. If you don't like it, you can skip ahead a little bit. I will try not to talk about it for too long, but I... I had not, like, thrown up since I was, like, six or seven years old. I remember exactly where I was, what I was wearing, what I was doing when I threw up. The last time I threw up, I ate Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets with honey mustard. I thought the honey mustard got me sick. So, and, of course, I wasn't thinking it was the chicken, like, you know, whatever. Uh, like, some kid probably, I don't know kids are gross um or something else happened like I, I didn't think it was whatever but I thought it was the honey mustard so I stopped eating honey mustard from Chick-fil-a for years because I thought that's what gave me food poisoning um so that was it was the first time I had ever done it and I had always gotten like the really watery mouth right before you you know um uh tu right before you tu um And I was like, oh, it's actually going to happen. Like, this is not going to be like a, oh, haha, false alarm. Your mouth's going to water. You're going to feel like you have to, but I'm not gonna. No, this is like, I couldn't make it to the bathroom on the floor. I just TU'd on the floor. That's how bad it was. And it only happened once. Sorry, my phone's coming off. Um, it only happened once, but, um, it was enough to be like, okay, let's go to the doctor. Cause my, like, that's like something I like always tell my doctors. I was like, I have not to you since I was a young kid. And I have this feeling all the time of like feeling like I need to, no matter what I eat, even if I eat a lot or if I don't eat, I have this feeling of needing to, and I can't, you know, a lot of doctors have also, I just have to put so many content warnings on this episode. I'm just not realizing this. Content warning for disordered eating, eating disorders. Um, so I have had a history of like, you know, disordered eating, dieting, crazy things like that. But I've never wanted to like, well, let me take it back. <laughs> like this, in this instance, I was not trying to, in the instances that I told to my doctors, I was like, I was not trying to throw up because I like, you know, didn't want the food anymore, or I felt guilty about it. It was like, I literally feel so uncomfortable by the amount of pressure that is in my stomach that is in my, like, physically uncomfortable, um, like, medically uncomfortable, and, um, and they were like, yeah, that's weird, and so I guess I have a really strong, I don't know, or just a temperamental gag reflex, so, Yes. So all of that happens. Oh, and then the day after that, I get medication, have the worst cramps of my life. I don't know if they were related to stomach things, to PCOS things, to period things. I just know I have the worst stomach cramps ever. And if you're a person who has a chronic 
illness, a chronic condition, you know, like when you have really bad pain days, like, you know, like you've had like your worst pain until you've had your worst pain again. Like you've had the worst pain until you have something that surpasses that. And then that's your worst pain. Yeah. I thought I had, have had like the worst cramps in my life. I thought I've been through like the worst pain medically. No, that was it. I've had pretty painful stuff happen to my body. That was the worst. It was so bad. I laid on my bathroom floor. Just fetal fetal position laid on my bathroom floor. Do you know? I now know what the bottom of a toilet looks like. I shouldn't. I don't ever want to know what that looks like again in my life. Um, so, yeah, that's fun. Um, so have that pain. Oh, and then also, so the week before my reef, my new date, I was supposed to go out of town for one of my best friend's birthday, birthdays in Montgomery. So, but before I left for that trip, I had this crazy ripping pain. So this is a Wednesday after the fetal position on Monday going to the, oh, I also went to the ER after I threw up because I was like, my appendix maybe have just burst or anything. And I've been having pain in that region of my stomach too. And I've just been so nervous because I didn't want it to rupture and me just think it was another pain and me get sepsis and go. Um, because there, surprisingly, there have been a lot of people who have had their appendix rupture and bust and, they go into septic shock because, or like they start to go into sepsis, sepsis, therefore leading to septic shock and they get there in just the nick of time to figure out that their appendix have burst and they have to go into emergency surgery. So I was like, that's not going to be me. I'm not going to do that. And I went there and I got an emergency room bill for nothing. But I mean, it ended up being for something I did. So it felt like I was having like, a hernia of some sort like that's what that pain felt like on Wednesday and it was it was crazy and so it felt like a hernia and uh, and then also I was like oh, okay I also have it, like it feels like I have a hemorrhoid so excuse me sorry it, it was just a lot like just going through and I'm still going through it because I'm trying to get into I'm trying to go see my GYN because I've done a lot of this like GI stuff and they're like we can only essentially do blood blood work for now until you know you have severe stomach pain again which really just sucks hearing it's kind of like you like in any situation whether it's medical whatever you always hate having to hear well, we have to wait for something else to happen in order to figure out what's going on. I hate situations like that because it's like there has to be something that you can do. But of course, with the way that our medical system is set up, that just is going to come out of pocket and people have to get paid thousands, thousands, thousands of dollars to figure out what's actually wrong with you. Um, So that stinks. But I've been trying to go to a OBGYN and on the day of my appointment or the day before my appointment my no it was actually the day of the day of my appointment my doctor cancels on me so that was fun so now I'm trying to find a PCOS specialist so if I find a specialist I can just go to her for all of my PCOS 
things and I can still keep my OBGYN just as a regular OBGYN or just switch to this specialist over completely. But she has not um, sent me a message back or any correspondence back. So, yes. But basically, as of now, I have IBS. I have hemorrhoids. And possible celiac disease. We're waiting for the results of the blood panel. But that's most likely what it is. So your girl is just going through it. But yeah, that's essentially where I've been. School school and things. Um, what else has been going on with me? Um, my dog is good. She turned 10 on May 1st. So wish her a happy birthday. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So now let's get into some get social, shall we? Let's talk about the news. Um, so as you guys know, let's start with like the heavy hitting news and then we'll slightly we'll ease down into like, I guess like the fun stuff. Um, so I only have like two things for get social really. Um, well like three and a half things kind of like 2.5. Anyway, why am I trying to do math? Math is not my strong suit. Um, so, if you are not aware, which most people are, um, that the U.S. government is look is is in the works, like in the motions, like a pen is about to go to paper and ink is about to dry on Roe v. Wade being overturned. That means abortion rights are about to be taken away from all genders who seek abortion care. Um, and my thoughts on that are, this is white women, white conservative women's fault. Uh, it's their fault. Um, point blank period. You, you put your autonomy and the hands of old white men and old white pick me conservative women. Um, and it's your fault. That's it. Um, the fact that these like decisions like these in regards to medical care, to gender affirming care, to all of that, there's no legitimate science based off of this. It's based off of religion it's based off of capitalism it's based off of classism it's based off of racism homophobia literally everything is packed into bills like this and only take like taking away abortions is not getting rid of abortions at all it's just getting rid of safe life-saving um care that's all it's doing. Um, and the U.S. healthcare system is going to go downhill from that. And it, it, it really sucks because, you know, being pro-choice, being pro-abortion seems as like, oh, you're like a baby murderer. You don't care about life. Blase, blase. Um, all of the... And my rebuttal to that is all the people who claim to be pro-life are not pro-lifers. You're pro-birth. You just want a person to be born and then you expect that person, that person that is born to get a nine-to-five job. <laughs> like, legitimately. You just 
see it as another dollar sign. You see it as a person who is just meant to go in the world and pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Um, and yeah, so people who are pro-life, you are pro-birth, you don't actually care about the value of a human life because if you did, you would know that black lives matter. You would know that black trans lives matter. You would seek gender affirm. You would care about gender affirming care. You would care about people. You would care about kids who are in the foster system. You would care about kids who are in the U S adoption foster care system. You would care about the maternal mortality rate of women, specifically black women, and how it's exponentially higher than any other racial group in this country, you would care about all forms of life, yet you don't by your actions. Yes, you can say that the Lord knew knew you before you were knit in your mother's womb, but there has to be intent behind, behind like, I, you know, that's it. And like the fact that there's no separate separation of church and state proves, because what about people who aren't religious? What about people who are of other, other religions in Judaism? There have been, I've seen multiple, um, Jewish, uh, creators or influencers or people I know in my life who are Jewish post about how like abortion care is life-saving care. If it is a threat to the mother, it is medically necessary. It is a medically necessary procedure because you, if, if there is no mother to take care of a child, what is, what is continuing that to do? If, if the mother or not even the mother, if the person who is carrying that child does not want to have a kid, what does that, how does that child benefit? How does that mother benefit? Um, they don't. There are too many circumstances that are too traumatic to talk about. So I'm going to talk about them very abstractly. But there are too many circumstances in which making a person go through with having a child is traumatic and is unnecessary. That That is what it is. And the sad fact of the matter is that these white like politicians, mistresses, wives, daughters are going to having, you know, unwanted pregnancy and they'll find care. They'll find the best care, utmost care and they will get it done. The access is going to be restricted to the majority of people where it is life-saving care and only given to the minority of the top 1%. And the top, the top small percentage of people where they want to say face. Um, yeah, it's just, this sucks. Having your bodily autonomy just taken from you. Like for people who have, um, gynecological medical conditions where pregnancies are innately high risk because of the conditions you have, hearing things like this is terrifying you know it's like I have hopes of wanting to start a family and wanting to have kids one day but also in a system like this we're knowing if the pregnancy that I hope to have is not going the way it needs to go and my life is threatened 
I would have to just carry on and hope for the best. No, that's terrifying. That's terrifying knowing that. So that's the that on that. Um, with abortion, um, I just would like to read um read this one post from my Instagram. You guys should follow me on Instagram. I'm gonna have some of these um posts on the pod Instagram because they will have d- disappeared from my um from my post um sorry someone just I don't know. Anyway, um, this post from Teresa Sierkara, 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 I don't know how to say her last name, but Teresa, um, it says banning abortion is banning equality. Men break condoms, have one night stands with strangers, change their mind about parenthood, etc. Forcing a woman to follow through while men are incapable of the same, uh, physical accountability is the epitome of sexism. It is. It is. Um, so. Just sit with those thoughts. They will make you uncomfortable. They will make you feel really bleak. Um, and I can only hope. Hope, hope, hope. This is. And, you know, it's so hard with literally every day the news just feels like it just keeps packing on packing on packing on don't doom scroll find things that are positive find ways to donate to make sure people still have access to safe um abortion care now you can donate to the yellow hammer fund um i'll find some other like safe abortion um like places where you could donate if you feel so inclined um there's also things like you know the aclu um you know are fighting for you know access to care with abortions and things like that so it there are people out there fighting tooth and nail for this um stay find hope wherever you can, the sliver, the smallest piece of hope can still make your spirit feel good in times like this of knowing that at least there are people fighting. At least, like, you know, you know, um, Megan Rinks <laughs> said on one of her pack podcasts a few, a few weeks ago that, like, you know, some echo chambers are good. Um, and I truly believe that some echo chambers are so good because, like, with a lot of the posts that I'm seeing are have is just as much just as much outrage, just as much sadness, just as much like want for change. Um so I very much um find hope in those things in my little echo chamber. Um so yeah. Moving on to something a little lighter. <laughs> I say that um I say that lightly. Um moving on to something a little lighter. Let's talk about the Met. So as this as that um hello. Okay. Whoa, I can hear myself. I can what? 
Okay. Sorry. I can hear myself and it's weird. So I am just going to turn, turn my levels down and, um, just actually, oh, yeah, there we go. There we go to where I can't hear myself like an echo because that's going to stress me out. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the Met. So with the news of abortion access being taken away that day, the Met is also happening on the first Monday of May. So I thought it would be fitting to tell you guys who I enjoyed at the Met. Um, who were some misses. And just talk about the controversy of the Met. So I would first like to say my best dress were all of the non-white people. Boom. Boom bow. Even Russell Westbrook loved it. Future had his shins out. Don't know how to feel. Just, he was there. Um, Lenny, Lenny Kravitz was in the building. He's so fine. Like, I saw him at Music Midtown the very first time I went. And it was like him, Elton John, Panic at the Disco, Sam Smith, and Drake, and so many other like group like smaller groups and other headliner like you know other size headliners different things like that but Sam's or Lenny Kravitz came on before Drake I want to say either before Drake or before Sam Smith because Drake Sam Smith were playing the same or they were playing the same weekend duh but um, like Lenny Kravitz, like they were both the last shows, like Sam Smith and Drake were, but Lenny Kravitz was the set before, I want to say Drake, let's go with Drake. Um, Lenny was late, like his stage was lit, the, you know, they were playing music from his stage, people were lining up at the Drake stage, but like facing the Lenny stage, so what I did, because the the two stages that we were at, I wanted to see people playing. So I positioned myself in the middle of, in the middle on this hill in Piedmont Park so I could see both stages equally. It was a great experience. I also got to see Sam Smith the following January of that September and I got to see him closer at the Grand Ole Opry thanks to my mom. Those were still one of my favorite um, Christmas presents I think I've ever gotten in my life. Um, so, yeah. Um, but Lenny Kravitz was there. Oh, the point of telling you that story, he is fine in real life. Like, he he's fine. Um, so he was there. I'm trying to think. Some other, other folk. Um... Yes, yes. Um, the hosts were Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds. They 
were great. You know, I will say that I do like the fact that Blake's dress was super uber dramatic. She was the, now I don't know if they were the host. I want to say they were like the co-chairs for this because it was also Lin-Manuel Miranda and his wife were also co-chairs, co-directors. There's like a, I guess like each year there's like a board of directors made up of celebrities who, I don't know if they help with the curation of the actual Met, but I'm assuming they work with Anna Wintour, um, who's head of this. Also, why isn't it called the Vogue Ball? Or maybe it's the Met Gala put on by Vogue. I don't know. The only background information that I have is that each table costs $100,000 making each seat at the table around $10,000 a piece, each sitting 10 people. People get invited, I'm assuming either by Anna or by different companies, designers, Blase, blase. So yeah, let's get into the looks. Okay, so I have pulled up some looks. Get the London look. Um, I pulled up some looks on the Met Museum's Instagram. And yes, so the best dress of the night is Lizzo. I think everyone can agree she played the world's most expensive flute on a red carpet boom bada boom bam bam so Lizzo was great um Rosalia I liked her look um oh someone got engaged so New York City Commissioner of the Department of Cultural Affairs um Laurie Combo and Bobby Gigi Olicia got engaged on the Met red carpet and they were black and I am so happy for them. Just yes. So that was cute. Oh, Miss NJ. She brought the house down. Love it. I also love that her dress and um, Janelle Monet's dress like had their headpiece was attached um it was so cute very mod um so so great the theme was gilded glamour and so they're going through the American um like American history through fashion and so the gilded age was from the 1870s to the early 1900s so if that tells you anything for the brown for the black folk that were in attendance who also have lineage to black people who were in the u.s it was not a great time for us it's not a great time at all um if you don't know what i'm referring to shame if you do you get it um i like that Questlove highlighted that fact on during his red carpet interview he wore um he wore design or a quilt from um two black women from Alabama so I loved his look I loved his homage to 
the black people that um, we were not able to wear these fashions, um, you know, the glamorous type of fashions during this time period. Um, so yeah, Sierra was there. I thought she looked very beautiful. And of course, theme of everyone's whole thing with the Met red carpet is like, oh, are they on theme? Oh, are they not? This is essentially just a big gala dinner. Is it bonus points that you get to go on theme? Yes, but like this is the time where I feel like people get to come in like the designer's craziest like runway ball gown looks that you're like, where would someone wear this? The Met. (laughs) Like, that's it. Like the theme camp I feel like every year is essentially camp with like over the top exuberance but like the camp year was definitely campy what's it called yeah so whether they're on theme or not I think being on theme can be anything from like the silhouettes to the the way hair makeup the subtle elements of it and speaking of who was on theme, who is not someone causing a lot of controversy. Well, apparently her and her sister were causing a lot of controversy on their looks at the Met was Miss Kylie Jenner. So Kylie wore one of Virgil's last um, designs for her um, at the Met, which I thought was a very beautiful homage to Virgil Abloh. Um, and it was, I think it was like a take on a wedding dress, I want to say, but everyone was mad because she wore this baseball hat with netting and baseball was invented in the Gilded, Gilded Age. So she's not, not on theme. I just don't think she's on, people just don't think she's on theme in a traditional way, but I mean, she wore a hat also Miss Nicki Minaj wore a baseball hat I thought Nikki looked great she did say that there was um a sizing issue with her corset at the with the top of the corset in the bust area um but I thought she looked great I liked the play on textures the play on colors of having these you know gorgeous silhouette gilded silhouettes but in these like modern colors loved that um and then let's see before I talk about like the biggest controversy Gigi Hadid looked great her dress so her outfit was a coat and I'm assuming like a one piece or like pants and I like how it played with gilded silhouette like silhouettes from that time period but in a modern way with like the puffer coat look super cute um Billie Eilish's look was very sustainably made so her silhouette was matched the time period and she used old Gucci fabrics that they had lying around from other garments and just excess scraps. And she was like, let's put this together because she's a brand ambassador for Gucci. And they made her some vegan leather shoes, which I thought was great because she's a vegan. Um, so I enjoyed Billie Eilish's look as well. Miss Belcalis Almazar, she came with Donatella Versace and she was dressed in uh, the newest Versace trend of like the gold jewelry, gold chains. And I really liked her. I really liked her look. And so I also know that Dua, I want to call her Dua Lipa, but Dua Lipa, she wore 
Versace to the Grammys. And some people were like, her look was a hit or a miss or it was just blah. And I think if she, if Dua Peep, sorry, <laughs> I don't want to keep calling her Dua Peep, but like, it's just so hard not to, uh, the icon, Wendy Williams. Um, but if Dua Lipa, I feel like if she would have worn this look that Cardi wore, it would have been like a more like red carpet moment. But I think this look works so good on Cardi. Alicia Keys, I loved her outfit, um, her cape with the New York City skyline. Um, I'm trying to see. Oh, and then, oh, Lena Waithe looked great. Venus Williams wore a suit and she looked lovely. And then, okay, so I don't know if I'm saying her name correctly, but I, and I don't want to butcher it, but Kuanan Chasing Horse, gorgeous, 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 gorgeous matte look. Um, she wore traditional um, Native American, like, indigenous jewelry. The color she wore, the blue, it's a beautiful turquoise blue. Um, she looks like a beautiful, just like, just, it looked like she was coming out of the water. And I love the silhouette of her dress. It was super popular. Um, the look of like super structured top with, uh, with the flowiness going down. I really like that. I feel like I would look bomb in that with a super structured top. Cause you know, I got some take old beauties. Um, no, but you know, no matter the chest size, I think that's great. It's compliment. I feel like it's a silhouette that can compliment anybody, but she looks gorgeous. I love seeing her represent her culture at the Met. Um, and I'll get back to that statement. Um, who else? Um, Casey Musgraves looks very beautiful. Um, Meg the Stallion. Meg did it up love the gold love the gold look and I just know these looks are probably so heavy to sit to like have to hold up in heels I know the looks are probably like cold if they have metal uncomfortable but the things they do for fashion and they do them well so I really enjoyed Megan's look she is gorgeous just gorgeous also Ariana DeBose looked beautiful. She was dressed by Moschino. I believe Khloe Kardashian was also dressed by Moschino. She looked very pretty, um, in her gold dress. Um, and then Lizzo was dressed by Tom Brown. Also, I thought his name was Thom, like T-H-O-M, because that's how his name is spelled, but it's Tom. Um, he just added a little razzle-dazzle with it. So, yeah. And then, of course, the look of the night that everyone seems to have every opinion on about the dress. So there are two elements that I'd like to talk about with this next person. I feel like you can guess the direction I'm going in. Miss Kimberly Kardashian. She, I will say, she did look nice. Um, her dress she wore, Marilyn Monroe's 1962 Happy Birthday Mr. President custom gown um, to the Met. She wore the original. She got it on loan from Ripley's Believe It or Not. And I thought it was a beautiful, stunning look. Um, people 
are, I guess I have multiple takes on this. So people are like, and like feel one way, feel that she should not wear this gown um, because they feel like it's a disservice to Marilyn Monroe um, and her legacy and how it's a piece of art and it is a artifact and by wearing it she may have prematurely damaged it um and you know blase 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 I've not read anything from Miss Marilyn Monroe um I know that people who have read things about her are very interested she by the sounds like she's a very interesting person I would like to you know know more about Miss Marilyn Monroe she was very beautiful. She was a great singer for her time and a, you know, a good actress. My opinion on the people feeling outraged that she shouldn't wear a artifact like that, like she shouldn't wear it. Um, if we're going to be outraged about her, like quote unquote, violating a piece of art, a piece of history, then we should be mad at every single artifact that has been stolen from other countries. You know, like there should be just as much outrage as this. So I'm just saying Two, she, I feel I would be, if I were like a person who's like a diehard Maryland stand, um, I would be more offended if she bought the dress and put it just in her private collection rather than her wearing it because people own other pieces of her everyday wear of like of her other artifacts like people own them like have bought them at auctions has spent thousands of dollars just to own a piece of Marilyn Monroe memorabilia so there is that people are also mad because they're like why would you wear the real thing when she had a replica of the dress made Um, she changed into the replica for like the dinner portion of the Met, like the actual inside portion. Um, I feel like any, I feel like she, that was probably contractually she had to do that based off of like the museum stipulations and based off security, things like that. Like that dress came with security. Um, so yes, she wore it to the Met. So also, if we're just going to be outraged about her wearing this artifact of history, we need to be outraged of everything. Also, people wear artifacts of designers all of the time. Like people wear old Cartier jewelry, old Tiffany's jewelry to the Met, old other jewelry designers. I'm not big on jewelry. I only know the big names or like the small local jewelry store names. Um, but people wear those artifacts all the time. Technically speaking, Kylie's dress could have been an artifact if, you know, if someone wanted to make, put that in the, in a fashion museum of Virgil Abloh's last design. Technically all of these met looks by these celebrities, if they were ever to get into an enshrinement in a museum, these looks are potentially, you know, exhibits. So I don't know. I just am not that 
I don't know. It's just, it's a dress. She wore it on the red carpet for maybe, maybe like 45 minutes. Um, and I saw one TikToker who was like, they were pulling it up her body, like with gloves on. I was like, how else is she going to get the dress on? I don't know. And I love history. I'm all about the preservation of, um, you know, of artifacts like that. I love fashion, big history buff, but like, I don't know. Like, I just feel because she, she had like, it was on loan from, from a museum and she changed into it. That's it. That's all I really feel. But the biggest thing I want to talk about is her fitting into this dress. So the dress was custom tailored to fit Miss Marilyn Monroe, right? It was custom, like, she was sewn into the dress um, right before she went to go sing for the president. But, um... Kim was like, was not her same dimension, like, um, you know, not her same measurements for the final dress. So Kim lost 16 pounds in order to fit into that dress. Um, that alone is a reason why I wouldn't wear a dress. I wouldn't wear that dress based off of like what people are saying about, oh, the disrespect. I wouldn't wear it because are you, you're saying I have to lose 16 pounds in three weeks. That's less than a month. Your body should not do that. And this is the, the pitfall of a, like with a lot of her family members of having these, setting these unattainable beauty standards or perpetuating these harmful um like pillars of diet culture of oh you don't fit into the clothes you make yourself fit no clothes if clothes don't fit you make the clothes fit you not the other way around and the fact that she just felt so compelled to wear to shrink her body into wearing that gown People would have gotten the reference if she would have worn the replica and didn't do anything. Because just by knowing, like, that they uphold these beauty standards, she still would have worked out like crazy to fit into the replica dress. Um, but it sucks because girls are, like, young girls are going to see this. And not even young girls, just people in general are going to see this and be like, oh, well... You know, she did it in three weeks. I can do it in three weeks. If she just ate tomatoes, I'm just going to only eat tomatoes for three weeks. And it's like, those things are not sustainable. They are not. So I can only hope that this is a learning lesson. Like, I really wish that they just had someone in their corner saying, girl, what the frick are you doing? With a lot of stuff, with the cultural appropriation stuff, with like all the other ridiculous things that that family does but especially with this like there needs to be someone saying you don't have to alter your body that that way to just fit in a dress she's a billionaire she can make money she she can make the dress 
she she can remake the dress. Um so yeah, it's just unfortunate and as like as a person who has been in that situation before who's like tried to like lose weight so I look the best in pageant gowns and look the best for cheerleading and prom and dance recitals and all that stuff growing up like I've been aware of my weight since I was 11 and losing weight for aesthetics like those were that's all that was always my primary motivation of like if I lose weight and if I get smaller I will be appealing to look at rather than just my natural beauty and hearing this story is just like so sucky to see um and like that's kind of like what I wanted my Sunfire Chronicles topic to be so um we'll kind of put a we'll put a pin in that and um I'll address this one last thing and then I'll come back to like body image but of course with the Gilded Glamour theme I would like to talk about their this is this theme is supposed to be um but American culture was the theme and so like you can't talk about America without the existence of black people in any facet in any way a lot of fashion from this time period globally was inspired by um a woman named Sarah Bartman um she was known for having a big butt and so the bustle of dresses back in the day was to make women seem more appealing but it that silhouette of small smaller you know like up top and very curvy in the hips was based off of her body type um I wrote a paper on it my second year of college I don't know if I still have access to the paper but if I did um I don't even want to say I would put that clips of it because it was embarrassing but my fun fact that teacher who I wrote that paper for she was like you should start a podcast because my final project for that class was a podcast about beauty standard beauty booty beauty standards <laughs> and I had that conversation with my best friend Victoria and um yeah so super duper just interesting I would like to see more representation of black culture at the Met I'd also like to see a better representation of body types like Precious Lee and Lizzo shouldn't be the only bigger bodies I see on the carpet like I want to see better representation like I want to see fat representation I want to see disabled representation at the Met and yes the Met ball is known for those red steps but that would cause them to be like hmm is this accessible no and like that is the thing like it's a super elite but there are still uber wealthy uber elite disabled people who deserve to be in the high fashion world that are probably in the high fashion world or want to be in the high fashion world but are overlooked because of their disabilities um so yes also, I would like to see the money that is obtained from these tables. I don't know what that money goes towards, if it goes for the actual, like, putting on of the event, um, or goes towards the preservation of 
the artifacts at the Met, but I would like to see it go towards charities. Especially every year around the Met, I always feel like there's always something in the world that is also going on that deserves just as much attention as this like cool, crazy, glamorous um, night in fashion. Like they have the opportunity to do something amazing. Like if I were ever invited to the Met and I was like, and I didn't have to pay for my seat, I would take that money. Like if I were so fortunate to have $10,000 just to donate, I would donate it to charities being like, yeah, I'm at this Uber wealthy elite event, but there are also people who are struggling. Um, so yeah, Miss Wintour, if you're listening, your event always has something to talk about. Also, I would like to say she never dresses on theme. Is that like the point or what? Cause I feel like she wears the same garment of a simple dress with a shawl and that little freaking tiara and sunglasses ma'am we know what your face looks like people who wear sunglasses for fashion and um, again unless she has a disability that we don't know about that requires her to wear you know, sunglasses all the time. I just don't get sunglasses for fashion. Like, I don't get the appeal of, like, not being able to see in any room. Like, what does that do for you? It does not make you seem cool. It makes, and I don't know, is it, like, is she wearing the sunglasses to, like, make herself seem more inviting? Because people, like, are like, oh, I want to know who's behind the glasses. I don't know. I also feel like that could be, like, the start of a crazy, like, scary movie of like oh she has glasses but underneath she's a robot or underneath she has like sand in her eyes when it comes out the sand stops time or something I don't know I don't know (laughs) but yeah so those are my final critique thoughts um I would like to see more black representation uh different body types and also just representation of black culture because so much of fashion is inspired by black culture So, um, so much of just life in America is inspired from black history alone, Uh, alone, music, fashion, everything. And the fact that we barely get credit is crazy, 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 crazy. Um, but yeah, so those are my get social things. Let's fight for reproductive rights um, so that people can have bodily autonomy, so people can have access to safe abortions. And also with that, fighting for safe abortion care is also fighting for like comprehensive sex education, babe, comprehensive sex education. I remember I took a sexuality and society class in the very first class, the very first or like one of the first classes we had, my professor was like, who in here has had comprehensive sex education? And everyone raised their hand and she was like, okay, who has had sex education that was more than just, um, wait till you're married to have sex or if you do have sex, wear a condom. And so many hands went down. Like, I think maybe three people out of a class of 30 had um comprehensive sex education that is horrible 
we can do better. And she didn't mean like comprehensive sex education that you like learn outside of an educational institution. It's like whatever you learned in an edu- educational way, like in an educational institution. Um, so yes, shows like sex education on Netflix about where kids are like learning about things about sex education for the first time. That's not dramatic dramatization at all. <laughs> like that is real people. And comprehensive sex education also needs to involve more than heteronormative relationships because guess what? Not every rom- romantic and physical relationship is heteronormative. Okay, we we have to we have to get past we have to get past that. Okay, so yes, we talked about abortion care and then we talked about high fashion. High fashion. So, yes, that those are my get socials. Of course, there was so much other stuff that has been talked about at Infinitum. Um, you know, since I, while I was away, um, I'm sure you guys know the event I'm referring to. I will not be bringing it up because it's too nuanced of a conversation. And frankly, I liked my echo chamber for that event. I truly did. Um, so yeah, now let's move on to Bree's Book Corner and 8-Track. So for Bree's Book Corner, I have been in a reading slump, uh, and I have still been reading People You Meet on Vacation. I'm almost through it, though, um, because there's just so much other good stuff I want to read. So many good things that came out, um, and that are still on my physical bookshelf that I need to read that are on my to-be-read list. Um... And so I'm really trying to decide, am I a paper reader? Am I an e-reader? What is my vibe? Also, if you know any ways that can help me get books that are not via Shmamashman and support Beth Jezos, let me know. Let me know. Um, so yeah, that's it for Breeze Book Corner. Um, oh, and then I've also been reading... The Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents, eye-opener. You should read it. You should read it. No, even if you think you have a good relationship with your parent, read it. <laughs> read it, read it, read it. It's it helped me so much understand it's just so much. Um, okay. Oh, eight tracks. So let's get into music. Okay. So, music. For the music, of course, of course, we have to talk about Miss Lizzo's It's About Damn Time. Any minute, I'm going to need a sentimental man or woman to pump me up. Then the fussy, and then my time to bring out the fabulous. Um, So, that has been great. And it's on her album, special that comes out July 15th the only reason I know that is because it comes out 10 days after my birthday and I want to see her here in concert so bad and I'm waiting for the song special she sang it on SNL and I keep listening to that SNL performance because it's not you on our turns um so Miss Lizzo hey girl if you're listening um just drop special please please um but yes I've been listening to, um, it's about damn time. Also, there's a song called Out of the Blue by 
Courtney G. I don't know how to say her name. By Courtney Govan. Oh, I did not mean to play it. Sorry. Um, so good. It's such a good song. And then what other songs are in my library? Oh, 777 by Lotto, by B. Lotto. Um, I was watching a interview with Zach that he did for um, reacting to Lotto's music video for in and out with the city girls. And he was like, whenever I do something good, I just say big lotto energy, big lotto. And I really feel like she's from Atlanta. She's from the south side of, south side of Atlanta in Clayco, Clayton County. Um, and yeah, so big ups to big lotto. Also, I, I very much realized I'm, I'm very aware of my accent. Like, uh, this TikTok came on my For You page right before I started recording, and it talked about different accents, and then I sent it to my friend Eric, and they were like, they then we started talking about uh, accents, and then I said, I think I have, like, a very neutral accent until sometimes I just say stuff that, like, sounds really Southern, or I have a very heavy Atlanta accent. And by Atlanta accent, I mean I just don't pronounce my T's. Um, now, I am not from Atlanta, my my mother my mother and her sisters are technically from Atlanta they were born in Atlanta um I was not I was born in the north Georgia area um my friends make fun of me because I said (laughs) one of the first things I said when I met my friends in like some of my really close friends in this choir I was in um like these are people like I would invite to my wedding I was like yeah I'm from north Georgia I'm from this county where the Migos are from. And they were like, okay, girl. It wasn't as big as a flex because one, they didn't go to the same high school. Two, the high school that they went to is 30 minutes away from mine, but we were in the same county. So that counts for something. So, <laughs> yes. Um, but my favorite songs on her project 777 are 777 Part 1. Um big energy the original and the remix sunshine sunshine is it's just that song it's it's really that song it has her vocals on it and apparently she can sing based off of a tiktok she posted she 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 can sing i don't know if she can like sing sing but like she can sing she can hold a note so um definitely love sunshine on me like it just gives me early springtime like Sunday morning vibes with the dew still on the grass the sun peeking from behind the trees bright blue sky very little like very little clouds in the sky and if they are there they're big puffy clouds and you're just getting ready to have the best day ever it reminds me of sweet Sunday candy and a smile that is what that song reminds me of and I don't know why um but yeah so love that and then what other song on here it's giving it's giving about me um never ever play me like I'm average uh what else oh south side I'm from the south side boozy and dope boys um so yes, love that. 
Um, I've also been into Harry Styles. So he has a song called As It Was. And it is very good. I really like it. It's also like been trending on the on the Tiki Talkies and um, the day he put it out, like, you know, a couple people were listening to it, but I, I listened to it in my car before I got big on TikTok, and I like it. Um, it has a very, like, a lot of the songs coming out, I think, have very nostalgic sounds, um, and I, I really like that. I like the sound of nostalgia, like, the, all of these songs bring me back, like, me personally back to, like, pivotal music moments of my childhood I love the fact that when I listen to music it makes me feel something viscerally it makes me feel something emotionally whether taking me back to a specific like memory that uh made me feel really good (laughs) sorry my nose is getting so stuffy um allergies also allergies have been out here big time so yes and then what else? What other song? Cruel Summer from Taylor Swift off of Lover. I really like that one recently. And I think it's cut like it's a it's on this mix that has like Olivia Rodriguez, Deja Vu, Cruel Summer, and then a Harry style. Oh, as it was, I think. And all three sound so good. Like I wanna find the SoundCloud mix. But um I listened to that this morning on my way to get my nails done. It was very good. I liked it. Um, and of course, First Class by Jack Harlow. Hey, boo. Um, I'm not sipping for this white man, but he, he, he does have like a little swag about him. That's like, okay. All right. You, you cute. You cute a little bit. He was also at the mat. He wore a chocolate brown satin suit. Um, don't know if it was particularly on the mat theme. I don't think that silhouette was popular during the Gilded Age. But yeah, so what else? Oh, and then the new music coming out that I have yet to listen to that I need to. Um, Never Liked You by, Fu- by Future. Um, have not listened to it yet. Want to, but have not, so... Also, PJ Morton's new project, Watch the Sun. I want to listen to that. And then um, Blue Water Road by Kehlani. I want to listen to them. Apparently, Wale has a new song. That's pretty good. El Pushaisty has something new. Shiesty season. Oh, Justin Bieber has a new song, too. Something like funny. I don't know. But yeah. So that's it for um my eight track. And I guess um like to round out this episode, because I'll I'll be talking for an hour and twenty minutes in a little bit, but I guess like to round out this episode, um Yeah, just like I was saying how I wanted to come back to like the whole body relationship and like being influenced by like the things that these celebrities do to like fit into clothing is just so absurd and I hate and I truly truly do like honestly earnestly hate the fact that like these celebrities set these crazy crazy health 
and beauty stand not even health standards set these crazy beauty goals and they feel obligated to oblige by them because they've been in the media as if you know people aren't allowed to like change evolve do what's best for their body and it's just so so crazy um or just so absurd to see to feel like they have to like work themselves in the bone just because like they are that size um so yes also to the people who are listening who have disordered eating who are actively going through it who are in recovery who you know just have weird relationships with your body like I see you I feel you hearing that was like jarring it made my like stomach feel weird like I just got this weird gut feeling of being back to like trying all these fad diets to lose like five pounds um and it's just so hard to hear and um and it's the fact that like for me I believed so much of what like society said of what family members have said doctors um you know anyone that like I I felt so that like my worth was so tied up to to, like what my appearance looked like and I remember I like it's I I called out somebody on um telling them how they made me feel about my body and they were like well what do you mean like I never said that and I didn't have the courage in the moment but I have I guess I have the courage now because I'm on my own podcast or whatever but by by people like picking jokes like making like quote unquote they say harmless jokes or by truly upholding like a beauty standard of unattainability of you know saying that oh you'll be so cute if or whatever like by saying those little comments you you're inherently telling me that I'm not good enough by telling a fat person to like cover up their arms or to wear a t-shirt to the pool you're inherently telling someone that like your body is not worthy of like having fun in a pool being seen in a bathing suit all bodies are bathing suit bodies all bodies are summer bodies you know what makes a body a bikini body by putting that body in a bikini and wearing it and as simple as that statement is it is still so hard for me for people to just exist in our bodies because so many people are telling you know you that your body is never is is not good enough if it's in a larger size um I will always I ever since I was recommended this podcast I will always recommend it whenever talking about like um you know, body image and different things like that. But maintenance phase has excellent issues on like the obesity epidemic and fad diets and the BMI um, scale and 
all of that thing. So you can learn just a thing or two about it in some crazy, some crazy facts that are like, what? That's real. Yeah, girl, that's real. And you've been lied to. Like when I listened to the BMI episode, my jaw dropped, but also I was like, I knew, I knew I, I was hip to the game. Um, but yes, so that's pretty much it. If I could leave you guys with one piece of lovely advice for this episode, it would be to, to hold on to that sliver of hope. It would be to take life moment by moment. It would be to know that your body is enough. The way you look is enough. You are you are amazing just as you are. Um, I would say smile when you can. Have a dance party. Listen to music that makes you want to dance and feel good. Watch something that makes you laugh. Um, cry when you need to. Take care of yourself when you, when, you, when you need to take care of yourself. Show up for yourself. Showing up for yourself is doing all the little things that your body feels it needs. If you feel your body needs your favorite food, go get it. That's taking care of yourself. If your body is screaming at you, girl, I need some water. I am thirsty. You know I'm thirsty. Get that water. Showing up for yourself is all these little random things you do that make your body feel good. If you're having a panic attack and you're like, I just need to sit still for 30 minutes, that's showing up for yourself. Show up for yourself in any way that you know how. And if you don't know or if you think you're doing it wrong, that's still showing up. So yeah, that is my advice for the week. I am so glad to be back. I'll be having some fun things coming up soon. I'll be starting to post on my Buy Me A Coffee. Um, I hope to do like movie reviews on there. Um, Movie, TV show things. I love talking about movies and TV shows and talking about my hobbies um, on there as well. So Check me out on there. I'm buying me a coffee. I'll let you guys know when the first thing is posted, of course. Um, follow me on Instagram at I am dot Brianna M. Follow the pod at pod dot sunflower chronicles. Um or sunflower chronicles dot pod at or on Instagram. Let me make sure that's the actual correct. Yeah, the Sunflower Chronicles dot pod on Instagram. I don't, I always get that in the email mixed up. You can email me at pod.sunflowerchronicles at gmail.com. If you guys want to send in any stories, what are your favorite met moment looks? What do you think? Um, what do you think of the theme? What are ways do you think the met could be better? How do you feel about things going on with access to abortion? Um, do you have any crazy fashion stories? Um, what are ways you show up for yourself? Email me, write me in the caption of the Instagram. I would love to know. Um, yeah, that is pretty much all I have for you guys. It has yet been another episode of the Sunflower Chronicles podcast. I have been your girl, Brie, and I'm just a black 20 something girl trying to make it in this crazy, crazy world with a little bit of sunshine and laughter to help along the way. This has been the Sunflower Chronicles. And as always, I hope that you stay safe and stay sunny. Bye, guys.